0: Let me pray for God's word, and we'll get into it this morning. Our Lord, Lord, I pray many times, and I pray again this morning, Lord, may we come to you humbly this morning. Lord, if we come with a hard heart, what's the point of you speaking if we won't receive it? And so, God, may we be humble and soften ourselves, ready to hear from you. Lord, for the parts of our heart that are hard, whether we like to see it or not, Lord, we pray that your word would pierce like a double-edged sword and speak to us where we need to be spoken to this morning. It's in your name we pray. Amen. We all have our moments. I think maybe, hopefully, you have a bit of an idea of the moments that I might be talking about. Those heated moments, those regretful moments, maybe those quick moments where something is said that once it's come out, we can't take it back again. Those moments that we, where we actually where we want to hide ourselves away. We're afraid that, that it will come back to our mind, that, that someone might bring its surfacing back up and we just want to hide away from those moments. God said these words to the Israelites in Malachi 3 verse 13. He said, You have said harsh things against me says the Lord. The truth is that I have said harsh things against the Lord. I have had my moments. In Bendigo, where we lived, our house was uh, near the bottom of a street. Uh, It was connected at one end, but a dead end at the other. And uh, we were right uh, down uh, one end, and it was one kilometre to the very top of the street. Slow rise the whole way. Sometimes it was a lovely walk. Sometimes, especially if you're talking on the phone, because the only times you have a chance to call people. Sometimes it was a very exhausting walking. Uh, At the end of that dead-end street, it was then just bushland, beautiful bushland. So we'll take the dog up and and he'll be on the lead all the way up until then. He gets excited because he knows what's next. He gets off the leash and and goes and, you know, just the the dirt paths and tracks and uh, the kangaroos the dog loves and all sorts. And uh, certainly over time, uh, I... I I found uh, when I had this space, walking up there, really challenging. Um, Often I'd be praying to God, great opportunity to pray to God, just me and the dog. And, And most of the time it was to myself in my head or whispering under my breath. But once I got to the end of that court and let the dog off and got into the bush... And then I could just speak out loud. The houses are gone. There's no one else around until the occasional dog walker comes along. Where I could just share with God, be open. And I'll admit, uh, often uh, these were the places where I had my moments. I'd say things like, Why don't you listen to me, God? Why don't you respond? After all that you uh, that I've done for you, you remain silent to me. These are those moments where we get so caught up in what's going on in our lives, and what we care about, where we've got blinkers on. We fail to recognize or realize what God is doing, to fully recognise who God is. And in those moments, we decide to diminish God in who he is. We like to think of him less because of what we're going through. Answer me this, God. Look at what I'm doing, the words that I'm using, and yet you don't answer me. I've had my moments... I am no different to the Israelites. These moments generally end up finishing with me either, you know, being a bit lost. Or sometimes I'm left in this humbled space of foolishness to think I've said these words to this God, my God. And all that he is, I would dare to say these things to him. We all have our moments. These moments, they come in times of weakness. Have you ever noticed that these moments never come in times of strength? It's not at all ironic. One of the really hard things is that in those moments of weaknesses, we have these moments. We, we carry those things with us. And even as we come out of those times of weakness and even as we're living in strength, sometimes we're still carrying that with us. And it affects our relationship. And, and many a person has gone away from God because they've held on to those moments of weakness in their strength. And somehow those weaknesses have decided to form their opinion or belief or approach to God. And so it's led them away from God instead. Throughout the book of Malachi, we've read the many questions and accusations and statements that the Israelites demand of God. They throw the mud at God. They throw as much as they can to see what will stick. These are the questions that the Israelites asked. And I wonder which ones have we ourselves asked they say chapter 1 verse 2 how have you loved us chapter 1 verse 6 how have we shown contempt for your name and we know god tells them time and again just how they've done that chapter 1 verse 7 how have we defiled you but yet they had chapter 2 verse 17 All who do evil are good in the eyes of the Lord, the Israelites say, and he is pleased with them. We know that's not true. Chapter 2, verse 17 again, where is the God of justice? Chapter 3, verse 8, how do we rob you, God? But we know that they, they held back from giving to God. In our scriptures this morning, verse 14 to 15, they say this, It is futile to serve God. What did we gain by carrying out his requirements and going about like mourners before the Lord Almighty? But now we call the arrogant blessed. Certainly the evildoers prosper, and even those who challenge God escape. Maybe one of these has been a moment of weakness for you. Maybe there's another statement that might sit in your mind that might resound that has been a moment of weakness. It's not an easy thing to admit. I'm not certainly asking you to say it out loud this morning, but it's for you to meet with God in today. You don't listen to me. You you want to see me suffer. You're punishing me, aren't you? I've done everything God has asked and still nothing. God forgets about me sometimes. God just sits there at a distance. He doesn't care about me. I haven't done anything wrong. If you've loved me, then why would you let this happen to me? Where is your fairness, God? We know from last week's scripture, it says... I, the Lord, do not change. So you, O descendants of Jacob, are not destroyed. Ever since the time of your forefathers, you have turned away from my decrees and and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord Almighty. God does not change. If he was loving to you once, He is loving to you always. If he listens to you once, he listens to you always. If God is trying to grow patience in you for that answer, then trust he is with you every single step of the way. If God was just in the past, just as he says with these guys, I was faithful to your forefathers, even when they disobeyed, even when they turned away, but I was still faithful to them. I didn't wipe them off the face of the earth. I didn't destroy them. And just as I was loving them and caring them, I am loving and caring now, and I will be loving and caring into your future. God was just is just and will always be just. It's just he gets to choose when he squares the ledger, not us. Another name for God in the Hebrew, Jehovah Elroy, the God who sees. He is everywhere at once. If you ever feel like God has left your side and isn't with you, I want to encourage you, don't have a moment. Don't say and cast an accusation at God because God sees that it's a part of who he is. He is everywhere. And even when you don't feel him, he is still with you by your side every step. It's a very good thing that he is unchanging because just as he sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for us, to forgive us from our sins just as he did that way back when so he forgives us now today. Our God is a God who does not change. And why is this so good? Because we all have our moments. So, we're going to stop right now. We're going to come before our God, the just, the loving, the faithful, the eternal, the caring, the merciful, the compassionate, the understanding, the forgiving God that is ours. And as I pray, I want to encourage you to bring your moments that you may still be carrying with you to God before we keep going. Will you pray with me? Father God, please forgive me for all the times, Lord, in my weakness, that I've taken my eyes off you. I've diminished who you are. God, those times that I've claimed you to be less than what you really are. God, thank you for being a God of grace that you know, you understand and you are always prepared to forgive because of your grace. Lord, I love you and I hope to never do it again. But God, I walk in your grace. Amen. So after all the things that we've read about the Israelites That They've said, they've claimed, and of course, all the actions that we know that they had been taking part in. I really think for us, it's necessary to have done this. For us to go, you know, I don't know how many times I shake my head at the Israelites. And I think, oh, but really we are them, aren't we? So I think it's important for us to have done that because I know, I know the, the guilt you know that, that, that we feel but, but we, we don't bring forward ourselves. And I want to say don't worry because it's not where we're finishing this morning. It's, it's, this isn't where we're stopping in our sermon this morning. Let's have a look at the rest of the passage that we're up to this morning from verse 16 onwards. It says, Then those who feared the Lord talked with each other. And the Lord listened and heard. A scroll of remembrance was written in his presence concerning those who feared the Lord and honoured his name. Now, uh, those who feared God, they came together and honoured his name. This idea that we have here, in the Hebrew, it's the word yore for fear, okay? Okay? It's a multi-dimensional word. It's not perhaps as simple as what we think about fear as being afraid. Afraid takes part one of the dimensions of this word, here. But in Hebrew, it's so much bigger. Yore, fear, is used when people who recognise God for who he is and are prepared to worship, worship takes a part in this fear, They revere God and they respect God in all he is and all that he can do. So when it says those who fear God, it's those who revered, respected, recognised him for who he is. They came together and they honoured his name. Now this, this is what God said about those people. Those people who are, who are us, who are prepared to recognise him for who he is. He's prepared to forgive us for our mistakes, despite everything that's happened. This is then what he says about those who came to him. He says, They will be mine, says the Lord Almighty. In the day when I make up my treasured possession, I will spare them. Just as in compassion a man spares his son who serves him. And you will again see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between those who serve God and those who do not. So despite all the claims that we make, all those moments we share in, those who recognise God and come back to him, he says that we are his. He is our loving father. When it comes to the day that when he collects his treasured possession, you will be counted amongst that treasured possession. He will spare us and we will be able to distinguish between the righteous and the wicked. So not only will you know the worth that God places in you... He actually says that he will open your eyes to be able to see the difference between the wicked in the world and the righteous in the world. Because certainly we, we live our lives sometimes where we are perplexed. How is this happening? How is this person profiting when this person is failing? How is this right? And God goes, you know what? We'll if we come to him, he's going to count us in his treasured possession. And we will see how the ledger is going to be written. He will open our eyes to insight of who is working for God and therefore who is working for the good of him. Matthew 13, 44. Jesus says, The kingdom of heaven is like treasure in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again. And then in his joy went and sold all he had and bought that field. Now, I think this, this is a terrific illustration for us this morning. Not not for the teaching that Jesus uses here, but I want you to imagine yourself as that treasured possession that was found in the, in the field. God, as our creator, he's, he's placed all the precious minerals where they are. God knows where the, go, the gold is sitting. So you in your field, God has placed that gold in you and he's just waiting for that gold to be found, for us to stand up and realise and go, me, I'm a part of his treasured possession. And you know what? He is the owner of that field. He'll come to us when we're prepared to recognise who he's made us to be and he'll come and bring the deed, that title of the land. And go, you see that signature at the bottom? I've already bought you. I've already paid the price for you. You are already mine. And you're just realising it now. We are his treasured possession. Suppose you had a million sheep out in the field. And you went away and you came back. Would you notice one was gone? Would you notice two was gone? Would you notice 50 was gone from the million? Jesus is our shepherd. He could go away and come back to the field and he would know exactly which sheep had gone. He would know how many sheep had left the paddock. He would know their names. He would know where they've gone to. He would know their interests. He would be asking other sheep, Do you know where Bob is? Do you know where where Jane is? That's how dear we are to Him, and He is prepared to leave that flock who are left safely to go and collect that one who has run away. That is how treasured we are, and it says that there is rejoicing in heaven when each one comes and repents. That is the treasure that he sees in us. That is the value he sees in us. So while we might have our moments, while we might say these things, he still sees us this way if we would be prepared to be counted. They will be mine. They will be mine. God is like the seven-year-old who's just come home with their lollies from the shop. I think you could imagine it. Finds a spot, pulls those lollies out of the bag. One, two, three, four, five, six. They know what every single one of those lollies are. They know how many long ones, how many circle ones, they know the color of each one. And if they were tempted to go get some water, just have a drink in savoring ready for these lollies, and they came back and one was missing, they would know which one was missing. They could tell you how important that one was to them. If they were to go away again, you'd just know that they would collect those with them and they would carry it with them. No one's getting to my lollies. These are my treasured possession. You can imagine the feeling they would ha- have if they discovered you'd eaten one. This is how we are to him. We are his treasured possession. He counts every single one of us. They will be mine. Why do we need to know this? Why am I preaching on this, despite the fact that it's where the Scriptures lead? Why should you know this? Even if you do believe in Jesus, if you don't believe in Jesus, why is it so important? Because we all have our moments. Sometimes our moments help us forget these things. We need to know that we are His. Our God isn't the God of second chances. Our God, Yahweh, Elohim, Abba Father, Jesus Christ, the God of the Hebrews, the Christian God, our God today is the God of another chance. Not second chances, but always another chance. He never puts a limit on how many chances he's prepared to offer us. That is how treasured we are to him. He doesn't just give a second chance. He doesn't just give an 83rd chance. He always offers another Kate Blanchett starred in a classic TV ad in the 90s, which uh, hopefully, I do pray, our volume works on this video. Let's have a look, see if it helps us. I'm not liking our chances. Hopefully you recognise the ad anyway. so she's uh they're cleaning up in the uh, upstairs if you remember it uh, they're cleaning up upstairs and uh, she's rubbing a lamp oh, i wonder what this lamp is and a genie comes out and uh, and the 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 partner comes in and he eats the last tim tam just as she's figuring out what's going on and the genie offers her three wishes and and uh, she goes well the first thing i want is a never ending packet of tim tams and, and then they starting in the Tim Tams, and it's like heaven and great. And, and the genie interrupts and he says, Well, well you've got two more wishes. And, and the guy says, Oh, well, I'll have another two more packets of those, please. Um, <laughs> of course, because they're never ending, yeah, it's quite superfluous. Um, but God is no genie. God is no genie. But He does keep offering us. Never-ending chances. Another, another. Some of you might be like, I know we're Tim Tams, I could go another, another, another. God offers chances again and again. And you know what? We are Tim Tams in his hands. We are the treasured possession. We are the ones that when he gets his way, He gets to have us. So I want to encourage you, don't let the moments in life keep you from seeing the treasure that you are because you're all a bunch of Tim Tams. (laughs) Let me pray. Oh, Lord, let's not dwell any further in what we've already prayed about, God. But we thank you that you place such great worth in us, Lord that we are the crown of your your of, of your treasure of your jewels lord that you are the creator of this universe lord we have seen pictures of some of your creation of the constellations lord of the creatures in this world and lord how amazing they are but god we find ourselves in the crown of your jewels Lord, we are your treasured possession. And God, we give you great praise. We give you great thanks. And Lord, may we shine and know the worth that you have in us. Lord, may we walk in that and live in that and shine, Lord. And God, through that, as we see the state of this world, those who are for you, those who are against you, and as we shine in who you have made us to be, Lord, we pray that others would come to know you through you living in our lives. It's in your name we pray. Amen.